This is season two of Mamas on a Mission. Welcome to episode six. Hello and a big warm welcome. I'm Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne, host of this podcast, Mamas on a Mission, and co-founder of Facing Motherhood. Yes, I do wear many hats, but that's because I'm super passionate about connecting and helping mums. And I'm not the only one. All of my guests are on a mission to make the world a better place in their own unique way. And that's why I'm delighted to introduce to you Amal Abu Eid, author of My Muslim Mate, a children's book that helps kids see that through talking and learning about each other's cultures, friendships can flourish and lives can work together harmoniously. Amal is a community leader that decided to take her love for teaching and learning to step up to help Muslim kids feel safe, understood and celebrated. This is the first of what I can only imagine will be many resources that allow Muslim children to feel proud of their culture and see it represented in literature in a positive way. I chat with Amal about why she wanted to create this book and the response it's received. We also talk about the main misconceptions about Islam and being Muslim. And lastly, Amal shares some tips about how you can have a positive conversation with your kids about the culture. Amal is on a mission to educate families about Islamic faith and to embrace and celebrate Muslim culture. So let's start with Amal telling us all about what she was doing before she came up with the idea to write My Muslim Mate. Let's meet Amal. Life before I became an author was life before I became a mum, and it seemed so long ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was um, an interesting life, I guess. Um, I was um, I did uh, obviously university, and I did TAFE for a couple of years. I was actually doing marketing, um, and I did advanced diploma in marketing. And I knew all along it was just not for me. Um, and I, you know, sort of going in and out of classes and it was just, you know, business and money and money and money. And I'm like, this isn't who I am. Um, but I couldn't quit because I didn't know what else to do. So I thought, you know what, just finish this course and when it finishes, something will pop up. And I finished and nothing popped up. And so I spoke to one of my um, tutors and I said, look, I have no direction. I have no idea what I want to do. Um, and here he sat me down and we had a really long chat. Um, and then in the end of that chat, he said to me, okay, now that we've discussed this, draw yourself in five years' time. And so I drew myself in front of a whiteboard and I said, I want to be teaching history in a school. And then five years later, I was teaching history in a school. I had done my arts degree and my diploma in education and I was teaching history and English to students and, and I was loving it. Um, so I did that for about a year and then I um, had my first child and, oh, the roller coaster of the first time parenting. I'm sure many mums listening will understand and know it wasn't easy. I had postnatal depression and anxiety, and I didn't really realize and know what that was. Um, uh, but, you know, I pushed through, and then by the end of that first year, I said, okay, enough is enough. Um, I need to move on and, and find something that I'm, you know, happy to do. I, I love my son, I absolutely love him and, and all of that, but I felt that I wanted to do more. And so I went back to teaching and I was so lucky that um, the school I worked at uh, provided childcare for the staff. So I could take my son with me and he would come back home with me. And it was just, you know, whenever I needed to see him, I could pop out. Um, you know, some of the staff there even breastfed their kids. So they would be able to go at lunchtime and recess to, to do that. So that was really, really convenient. Um, and so I loved being a teacher. And then I thought, 
okay, I'm enjoying this too much. I better have another child before I get too carried away. And, you know, kids need siblings, blah, blah, blah. So I had number two. And then, again, depression and anxiety ensued. And I found myself feeling a bit useless. Um, and I spoke to the maternal child health nurse about that. I said, I don't like this feeling of uselessness. And she tried to, you know, oh, you're not useless. You're raising members of society and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I said, I know, I know it's wonderful, but it's not fulfilling for me. You know, I do love my children and I love being a mum, but again, I want more. So I was lucky enough that while I was working, I was sort of taking my kids to play group, the facilitator there said, you know, we see, we see something in you. You are a bilingual mum. There's a community here that we can't sort of tackle into. And that was my, me being a Muslim woman, um, a Lebanese Muslim woman. Um, they saw that I could sort of tackle that target audience. And I did. I worked, started to work as a playgroup facilitator and um, the mums came and they came back week after week after week. And um, we went to science works together. They were getting library card memberships and we had reading programs and the kids were learning to sing songs and the mums were even playing with Play-Doh, you know. So it was, it was stuff that they, they obviously know about but they'd never made time to do it at home because the focus wasn't about that. The focus for women, especially in my community, is about cooking and cleaning and supporting and providing and that sort of thing. But play... Play is not something that we do. It doesn't sort of come naturally. So it had to be taught. And, and I could see the difference between the first week that the mom would come and then within, you know, four to five, you know, six weeks later, they were sitting on the mat with the kids. They were doing the twinkle, twinkle little star movements. And it was just, it was beautiful. Um, but after about a year and a half of that, I felt that it's run its course. You know, I needed again to do more. and so. I wanted to go back to teaching, but that wasn't going to happen. And so for some odd reason, I thought, let's have another child. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I still don't know why. But, you know, I just felt, again, I wanted a family, you know, and I thought I'd love to have another kid. So we were trying for a while and it wasn't happening and I was getting stressed out and all of that. Um, and I realised, you know what, I think the path that I was on wasn't the path that I planned to be on. And playgroup facilitating, as great as it was, it wasn't for me. And um, at the time, I also then had to do further study in childhood education, which wasn't my field of education. So I felt that I was just going down a path that, yeah, it wasn't for me. Sometimes you put on a path and you think, hey, this is great, but that path, no, it was not for me. So I, I sort of thought about it. And, and funnily enough, being on that path, put me onto the path of writing the book. So while I was doing the, the course, I um, started to understand the importance of literature for children. And I was always asked questions about my faith from my son's kindergarten teacher. You know, why do you wear the hijab, the headscarf? Um, what are you doing in Ramadan? Do you really not eat or drink any water? And, you know, all these questions that I'd love to answer. Um, she would ask them of me all the time. And then I was thinking, you know what? A book needs to be out there, a book for children, for non-Muslim kids, Muslim kids, just a book about our faith that's really basic, really simple, but it has to be an Australian book. And, I, you know, I'm the one to do it. And I met my publisher and I said, you know, I need to do this. And she said, yes, you do. You do need to do this. And so, you know, I started to write. And when I look back at my, you know, little scribbles, I'm just like, God, I'm glad that wasn't the final copy. But it had to start somewhere, as everything does. And so it, I started it and, I, you know, it sort of hatched out. and. 
and then Charlie and Carla were, you know, best mates in this book. And, and it just, yeah, like, like I said, I was on a path that I didn't want to be on, but that path took me to where I am now. And, and because of that, I wrote the book. Um, and it's just, yeah, I haven't looked back. I have not looked back at all. You know, writing has been something that I love to do as an English teacher and, and, and all of that. So it did come naturally to me to do the writing. Um, but I'm writing with a purpose. It's an education, you know, background. And so I'm trying to educate while I'm writing. And the next book and the book after that and the book after that, <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> will also have that same sort of educate, educational undertone, I guess. Yes. Oh my goodness. What an incredible path that life has taken you on to get to this point. And so the book is titled My Muslim Mate. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it is, who it's for and why you decided, I guess you kind of went into that just then, but a little bit more about why you wanted to, you know, make this real, be like, I'm going to publish this book and get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess these days we're all on social media so much and you do see, like I see a lot of Muslim women writing overseas and internationally and they all talk about representation and representation matters and all of that. And so that language was starting to sort of float around in my head and I thought, well, we have access these days. You can buy anything online, but let's make something for us, you know, Aussie kids and Aussie families and, and from our perspective. So I did put things in there about, you know, footy and lamingtons and, um, you know, <laughs> about how, you know, Carlet's grandparents came from Lebanon to Australia um, and so it's got the flags in there and so I tried to make it, you know, more personal and for me it was a matter of, you know what, if I get one of these books out onto, you know, my son's kindergarten bookshelf, I'll be happy. Um, where it's gone, I never expected. Um, so that, that's been wonderful but I think for me it was a matter of writing a book that spoke from my heart and explained so many concepts that were so important to me and to allow my child who's growing up in a non-Muslim country, like I did, but he's got a lot of non-Muslim friends, which growing up I never had. You know, I went to an Islamic school. I went to an Islamic primary school. On Sundays we went to the mosque. All my family is Muslim. So I lived in that kind of safe bubble. I never had to, had to explain why I cover my hair or do I have to fast Ramadan or, you know, we pray five times a day. How do you do that? Isn't that difficult? I never had to explain any of that. Um, whereas my son most likely will have to. And I want him to be able to explain instead of saying, I don't know, I mean, something my parents do. You know, <laughs> I want him to be happy and proud and confident to say, yes, this is what I do and this is why I do it. So in writing that book, it was that small stepping stone in having him start to feel proud. You know, his name is in the book. Um, although Charlie is not his best friend, um, I just love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory growing up. And so Charlie's my, it's an ode to Charlie Bucket. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's the thing. It's just a matter of um, putting stuff out there that's positive, that's really light and gentle and easy. Um, you know, adults have read the book and they've learned from it, children likewise. Um, so I guess that's basically what it is. It's just a matter of educating people in a really gentle way. Yes, yes. And so what are some of the other key messages that you've, woven throughout the book what what is it that you do want children and parents to take away from it when they sit down and read it together I think for me it's that you know Islam is a religion of peace and love and these are sort of the some of the things that we do as Muslims however the fact that I narrated it from a non-Muslim point of view 
the underlying message of the book is that let's learn from one another. You know, so Charlie is telling the reader, this is what my mate Khaled has taught me. And so Charlie is saying, I know that they fast in Ramadan. You know, on Eid, his mum's give, his mum gives me sweets. They also do this and they also do that. And then he, he asks the reader at the end of the story to share their story as well. So um, it's not just a matter of, okay, here, the fa- here are the facts about Islam. That's it in the story. No, it opens it up. Let's all learn together from one another. Okay, you do this and I do that. Hooray, big, big deal. Let's, you know, we can still be friends. So despite the differences that we all may have, we can still be, you know, great friends and best mates and, you know, watch footy together and all of that and, and, and celebrate, you know, like I eat your food, you eat my food. How fun is that? You know, um, let's watch movies from our cultures together. And, I, you know, when I went to a school a few months back, I said, I said to the kids, like, you know, imagine the rainbow was just one colour. Like imagine it was just red or just yellow. How boring would it be and how boring would it look? You know, but look at the colours it has. It's so colourful and, you know, there's red and yellow and orange and blue. And you can just see their eyes, you know, open up and their heads shaking and nodding and, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, all the colours. And I said, that's the same as us. You know, we're all different, but together we make this beautiful rainbow and they just love it, you know. And I think that concept can be applied across the board, you know, even as adults, you know. We all have unique personalities and characters and traits and all of that. And I think that's what makes society and the world beautiful. (laughs) And those messages need to be put out there and and kids need to grow up with this sort of rhetoric that, you know, different is okay. You know, it's don't be scared. It's fine. (laughs) It's just different. (laughs) I love that concept about the rainbow. That's that's a great concept for kids to really understand. And so what age... Uh, ages is the book directed at? So when I first started writing the book, my aim was that because my son was about four or five years old, I was aiming it at that. But I found that, you know, just from reading it to in kindergartens and schools, the best age is probably seven years old. I think at grade two level, they're kind of still, you know, willing to accept these differences and learn a bit more about someone else. And, and yet they're, and they're also able to understand any younger, they're kind of just like, you know, show me the picture with the balloons again, you know, so it's just about the pictures, but it's also then again, talking to kids about these concepts. Like I had one mum say to me that her son's friend um, said, you know, we can't be friends anymore because you know, you're not a Muslim. And I said, well, no, that's not true. Um, we can be friends with everybody. And she said, you know, I did use your book that night and I showed him that, you know, Charlie and Carla, they're best mates and they get along really well and they get along really fine, despite the fact that Carla is a Muslim and Charlie is not, you know. And so the fact that the book was used, wow. (laughs) And, you know, the message is getting out there that, you know, we don't have to be exactly the same to, you know, to get along and be, be friends. And I think that's, with these seven-year-olds, I found especially, they really liked that message and they loved, loved, loved the idea of writing a letter to Charlie about their own, you know, experience and their own stories. And I get, you know, I had a big chunk of letters from Malvern Primary School and, you know, they were just they're actually here next to me, you know, about how their parents came from Ireland or their parents came from China. And One of them even wrote about how their parents came, you know, they had to go on a boat and all of that. So there were really touching stories there and Sometimes people just want to be asked, you know, it's like that are you okay movement, you know, just that question, what's your story? You know, people will open up, you know, they want to share what they've been through. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so in speaking to a lot of kids and parents and just even your own experience, what do you find are some of the misconceptions about Islam and being Muslim? I think a lot of misconception is that Muslim women have no agency. They have no choice. They have no voice. Um, and I've definitely dispelled that myth. I think if you talk to me, you'll know that my, you know, what I do is because I want to do it. You know, obviously I'm respectful to my family and the members around me and all of that. But, you know, in terms of writing the book, becoming a teacher, being a mother, choosing my husband, that's all, you know, been me. You know, nobody's forced me to do any of that. And so even the concept of the scarf, you know, to cover, a lot of women I find ask me, you know, they're very hesitant, but they do ask, you know, is that something your husband or your father made you wear? And when I say no, and I explain to them that it's my choice and it's because of, you know, the submission to God, no ma'am, it's kind of like really, like it's, it really blows people's minds away that, you know, the fact that I choose to cover myself is, you know, and I say it's not a matter of, um, for women especially, it's not a matter of, you know, how much I cover and how much I uncover. It's the choice. You know, when you take somebody's choice away, that's when it becomes, you know, wrong and abusive and it's not fair, you know. So regardless of whether I want to cover or uncover, if you take that choice away, that's not fair for any woman, you know. And so that's where I'm trying to, you know, put out that, yeah, this is my choice. As much as, you know, you might think, especially in summer, you really want to cover that much. <laughs> you know, you know I, I know why I do it. I believe in it. Um, and so, yeah, it is an absolutely a choice that I, I, I've made. And so that's one definite misconception is that we, we don't have the choice to do certain things or uh, we can't get jobs or have careers. A lot of the times you get, might get people that think that you can't speak any English as well. So I had one lady once give me a form and she looked at me, you know, are you going to be all right to fill that out? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be right, thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You look back and you think, I should have said this and I should have said that. But I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. It's because of the thing on my head. Um, so, yeah, like I think that's the main thing for Muslim women. And it's def definitely changing now. We've got a lot of things happening for us in this community and the wider community and the world at large. So it's, it's fun times for us. <laughs> um, and hopefully I think the more people talk and the more people get out there and write books or, you know, acting movies or whatever they might be doing yeah these sorts of uh i guess misconceptions will start to break down and change absolutely and what about your children what are what are some of the things that they're coming home and the discussions that you're having with them uh my son like i know with my older son he's very vocal and he talks about everything under the sun um so he'll say to me things like um you know mum my 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 friend nicholas is um he said that we're, we're all alligators and then oh. we were human. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he was a bit scared. Like, what is this? And I'm like, that's okay. You know, he, he can have that, you know, we can believe different things and all of that. And um, so he had to really get his head around the idea that we're, there are different faiths and there are different beliefs and all of that. The concept of um, different people and different faiths, he does sort of talk to me about it and I tell him it's all okay. Um, the other ones are still too little, but, um, also he thinks I'm, I'm, I'm some amazing celebrity because I'm, I'm, I've been on YouTube and all of that. So <laughs> I'm famous, you know, everybody sees your video and I'm just like, yes, I am. <laughs> um, I just run with it. I make him, I make myself sound like I'm the, the coolest celebrity in the world, but, um, 
that is so uh, lovely. So if if a Melbourne mum was sitting down tonight to speak with her child about this topic, what are some of the positive conversation tips you can share with them? Um, I think, oh, so like if a mum was to talk to her children about um, about Islam? Yes, yes. I think that, you know, for, for me especially, I constantly remind people that there's a big difference between, you know, a culture and a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, people sort of use religion to justify, you know, things that are very wrong in this world. You know, you've got people killing in the name of God and people murdering and all of that. And for me, that just breaks my heart because I know that's not what my faith is about at all. Um, so I think... It's a matter of, especially with young children, you know, just keep it friendly. You know, let's look at the fun things that Muslims do. You know, on Eid they celebrate and they make these delicious sweets, you know. Um, And so, like, you know, just this morning my son took some biscuits to our neighbours that we made over the weekend and said, you know, mum made these because it was our Eid. And they thanked us and all of that. So I think it's about, you know, reaching out that hand of understanding and, and saying that, you know, we are here, we're not going anywhere, and it's fine, you know, we're not, we're not any different to anybody else. I had somebody say to me the other day that her friend is a, you know, Pauline Hansen supporter and she's one nation this and one nation that. And I said, look, mate, I'm just trying to survive school pickups, you know, <laughs> laundry in winter and yeah. kids that don't pick up their pants. Like I'm, I'm not, I've got no plans to take over the world or to do anything of that nature. You know, I'm not trying to preach to people. I'm not trying to convert anybody. You know, I'm just trying to live my life. And, and why I do what I do is to just spread that, you know, that, Peace, that message of peace and that togetherness that at the end of the day we're all just sort of getting by you know we just want to you know live in peace and I want to practice what I want to practice and let everybody else do the same um, and I think it's just you know with mums especially like I know I'm a mum I sit to, with my children we I try and read them books and we read about you know bunnies and rabbits and different cultures and different you know we got the atlas out the other day and we talked about different you know countries um, just a matter of just keep talking and I think to keep talking about positive messages and uplifting one another and yeah let's be different and let's be cool with that and you know I've spoken to my son's school about potentially doing a multicultural day and I said let's get the songs in different languages let's get the you know the colors of clothes coming out and get the parents to cook food but they would love especially migrant parents Mm. like my parents came from Lebanon at a very young age but I know that you know if you give them that chance to say, we want to see what you make, to, you know, what you eat, we want to hear your language, we want to see what you wear, that opens up doors, you know, and instead of saying to people, no, it's our way or the highway, no, you've come to our country, you've got to be, you know, we're a multicultural society, there is no one way here, you know, that's not what Australia is, it's a mix, you know, again, it's like saying, you know, somebody, to, you know, to the rainbow, get rid of the colour red. It doesn't look good there. You know, it's made up of all those different layers, those different cultures, those different colours, you know. I've got neighbours who are Greek. I've got neighbours who are Italian. I've got neighbours who are, you know, born in Australia. It's just a mixed bag and it makes it so much more fun and exciting. So I think especially for kids, if they are questioning things, it's great, but it's about what we respond with, you know. It's not a matter of shutting them down. It's a matter of, yeah, okay, you're interested in that. Let's explore that. Why is that person wearing that? Why do they play the music so loud? 
oh, what's the event happening today? You know, I had some parents ask me once about the Lebanese or the Arabic drums at weddings. I said, yep, that's going to go on for a while. <laughs> just expect it maybe again tomorrow. So, you know, it's just about, you know, okay, that's cool. I just wanted to know why. And it's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. And again, I always say there's nothing wrong with asking questions as long as it's coming from a, a good heart and a heart that just, you know, is expecting and hoping to, to show that love, you know, instead of the hate, you know, the, why are they doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with children, it is, it's a genuine curiosity about something and they you know, they ask us a million questions a day, but it's seizing that opportunity to say, okay, I can actually sit down and explain this to you or, you know what, tonight let's read a book about it. So it's great that, you know, you've written a book so they can actually say, I actually don't know that much about it. How about we sit down and we learn about, you know, your Muslim friend and all these questions that you have. Um, So I think that's such a wonderful experience that you've created there. Yeah, thank you. And then that was the aim, you know, like for me to have, you know, parents say that they do sit and read it or they have read it and they've come across this and we had a question. So we referred to it. It's honestly like as cliche as it sounds, it's a dream come true. You know, like I said, I am an educator and that is definitely my background. Um, way before I became a teacher, I was tutoring kids in my garage. You know, I set up a little school and they'd come on the weekend with their books and all of that. And we were reading out of encyclopedias, <laughs> you know, <laughs> What's that? You know, so <laughs> it's been a long, long dream of mine to help, you know, especially with kids, you know, just educate them and, and help them grow, the, you know, their own voice and all of that. So the fact that my book's sort of done that, again, like I said, I've, it's encouraged me to write more um, and and to put the, the word out there of this, this positive message and this message of, you know, tolerance, acceptance and love. <laughs> It's amazing. So you've obviously been going out and doing a lot of book readings and school visits, which is fantastic, and even been interviewed on the radio. So yeah. what's the response been like from kids, parents and educators towards your book? Oh, look, it's been so wonderful. You know, I, I on Instagram and Facebook and, in, in, in you know, in reality, I guess you can say, <laughs> it's just been wonderful. Like, you know, it does come, you know, sort of in... in drips and drabs but you know when it's there it's wonderful and I've had schools contacted contact me to do book readings I'm going to be going to a, a school to do a book stall next week this is you know non-muslim schools you know asking me to come and read my book and and I get kids to try on the scarf and the little boys to try on hats and they're just enthralled you know when they see themselves in a scarf and they just giggle and laugh and even the boys were wearing the, you know trying the head scarves on and they loved it you know they just felt you know and one little girl actually said to me I want to wear one when I'm bigger <laughs> you know and I'm thinking, you you know you can wear whatever you want when you're bigger um and so you know, there was you know kids are just so innocent and so sweet and precious you know whatever you throw at them they'll just take it on board and oh, that's cool, you know, this is what I do and, oh, you know, I know this and I know that. And, and I had one kid actually, funnily enough, say to me, oh, our friend brings his snacks and sneaks them in when he's supposed to be fasting. You know, so <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a bit cheeky, but <laughs> I won't tell anybody. <laughs> you know, so they love to share. Like I say, they love to share. It's, you know, it's about opening up the floor to the conversation and letting the kids say, yeah, this is my experience and this is what I do as well, you know. So for me, my book wasn't just about, you know, this is it this is my faith and I don't care about yours. It, it really opens up and says, okay, this is what we do. What do you do? You know, tell us. And so kids love that. That, Like you say, they love to ask questions and they love to talk. And so when you give them the opportunity, the stuff that they come up with is just, it's just been wonderful. It's been so, so good. Yeah. Amazing. And so interviewed on the radio, what was that like? 
that was, yeah, spur of the moment. It just literally within an hour I was in the studio and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be on Free OW. And then <laughs> I was on and they, you know, the question, his voice was so, you know, professional and I'm like, I sound like a dag. Oh, and then no. anyway, I was, <laughs> I was interviewed and it was wonderful. It went really well and the response was wonderful. And, and like, you know, after the unfortunate events of New Zealand, the book sales just went through the roof and I was getting, you know, MPs buying books you know, 30, 40 books for their, for their local districts and the schools and all of that. And um, so, you know, the dream was happening, you know, the fact that I wanted this book out to educate, it was happening. You know, MPs were buying my book to put it in schools. Like, I couldn't even have written that to happen. So, you <laughs> know, well, I know by believe, you know, God is great and, you know, you put in the hard yards and, and you, you're patient and you, you persevere. You know, it will, things do, good things do happen. They do happen. <laughs> they do, absolutely. And so you said you have some other books in mind. Have you started on them yet? I have started and, and I've sort of started them all together, which is crazy. It's like having triplets. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've started to write about um, the hijab, so the scarf and what it is and what it means to me. And I think that's a very important um concept and topic to talk about because, like I say, especially living in the Western world, the concept of covering yourself up so much is is it's a misunderstood you know uh, concept of our faith and it's it's seen as a form of oppression when it's absolutely the opposite you know for me it's my liberty my liberty and my freedom and and the book hopefully will will put that message out there that this is the choice that women make um, you know what there are some women who are forced to do it but there are some women who are forced to do other things too and that's unfortunately the case for so many of us and. It's got nothing to do with the religion or the culture. It's just sometimes they're just in unfortunate situations where men in their lives or other women in their lives even are forceful and they can't fight against that because of whatever, you know, their lack of education or their lack of resources or fear or whatever it is. And so giving women a voice and and taking back the narrative and saying, no, no, you don't know what my hijab is. I'll tell you what my hijab is. It is this, this and this. And thank you. Oh <laughs> you know, and it, yeah, you either take it or you don't. And and um, you know, I, I'm I'm over it. I'm, I'm I don't get sick of people asking me why. Like I said, if it's a genuine question and it's from your heart, I'm happy to explain. But if it's a matter of we're here to free the Muslim woman from her hijab, mate, I don't need you to free me. <laughs> I am free. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I want to write about. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be a fantastic book. And also to help, um, you know, little girls to articulate it as well, because sometimes it's hard for them to explain Absolutely. You know, particular things. So fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing about your book. I would love to chat to you a bit about motherhood because you are a mum yeah. of three boys. And what has been, you touched on a little bit before, but what's been your personal experience of motherhood? What has surprised you and what challenges have you faced? Oh, there's been a lot of surprises and a lot of challenges along the way. Like I said, I mean, you know, when I first fell pregnant with my first nearly eight years ago, it was one of the, you know, world's greatest joys. And and it's been wonderful. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. But sometimes, yeah, it does get difficult. And for me, I'm prone to anxiety and prone to stress and all of that. So with motherhood, that was just heightened. Um, and so, you know, my first slept really poorly. His food was sort of till now is a bit on and off. And so throughout it all, I've had a bit of, you know, postnatal depression and anxiety and I've sought help from professionals and 
Um, I never medicated or anything like that, but, um, you know, I did consider it, but I tried other avenues. I did acupuncture and I tried to do the gym and all of that. And I'm not allowed to drink any caffeine. And so, I, you know, I'm a mum who mothers with no caffeine and no wine and no anything. So <laughs> it's not easy. No, I see you mums, you know, it's wine o'clock and it's time for the wine. And I'm just like, no, I can't even have a cup of coffee. Because caffeine and anxiety do not mix. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that's been a, a big, big journey for me, um, being a mum. And um, like I say, I love my kids to death. But for me, it's always been about how can I leave a legacy behind that is something that I've done for me. It's going to benefit the community and whoever touches upon it, you know, so a book or a, I don't know, something, some sort of project or whatever that might happen that is going to be bigger than just who I am. And that can hopefully have a lasting, long-lasting impact on whoever comes across it, you know. So it's a positive word. It's a positive message. It's a positive um, action, contribution to just, you know, not just me and my family, but the greatest community. And that's what I'm hoping as a mum, you know, having three kids, they're the values that I'm hoping that they sort of carry on with. Um, it's not just a matter of, oh, my kids look so cute today. I've got them the latest, you know, trendy shoes and jackets <laughs> you know that's lovely if you do that but um for me personally it's about more than that and so you know sometimes they get annoying you know they don't pick up their clothes or they don't bring you know <laughs> yeah. out of their bag when they should and you've told them 70,000 times um but I'm learning I'm learning as they're growing and you know they keep changing and I keep changing and it's just you know I'm trying to stay calm through it all um trying to you know stress less and all of that um or self-care, whatever people want to call it these days. But, um, yeah, sometimes it gets exhausting and I've owned that, you know. Uh, when I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. Um, and I tell them. I tell them that you've made me tired and you've made me, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. And then they're kind of like, oh, there's puppy dog guys. We're sorry. <laughs> um, but communication. I think with kids especially, you never underestimate the value of communication and keep talking to them. And I keep, you know, sort of expecting, tell them what I expect from them. And yeah, I yell at them a bit too much sometimes, but then I give them cuddles and kisses and tell them how much I love them and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, motherhood is the biggest roller coaster ride you'll ever jump on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. And I think that's great that you spoke about that you did reach out for help and you you know, you you found some avenues that worked for you. Um, that's really fantastic because that, that's a really hard absolutely. step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I applaud anybody who does it as well. Like it's not um, easy and it's, it's you know, motherhood is just, it's taken on a new dimension, you know, with this, this new day and age. And so things that were difficult back in the days when they couldn't, you know, find you know, they used to wash cloth nappies and they used to do this and that all by hand. We don't have those struggles, but we have other struggles. And so you can't sort of say, oh, we had it, e you know, they had it easier or we have it easy. There's no such thing as easier. Things just keep changing and we will just keep evolving with them. And, you know, if someone's struggling, they're struggling. It's not something that you make up. You know, I can't say to myself, you know what, today I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to be cool and I'm going to be calm and everything's going to be swell. You know, if I could turn it on and off, I'd never turn it on, you know. Um, it's not something you choose to have or to live with. It's something that you, that you either have or you don't. And if you do have it, you absolutely have to sort of tackle it and, and, and fight it. And it's, it's definitely achievable um, if you find the help that you need. <laughs>
Yes, absolutely. Great messages there. And so with your book, you were saying before, your kids kind of think you're a bit of a rock star, don't they? How do they feel about it all? Yeah, they love it. Like I said, I mean, with the, well, the older two have their names in the book. The younger one wasn't even, you know, sort of conceived when the book was written and published. So (laughs) he's not really mentioned in the book as he is as a kid. Um, So that's why I have to write more, right? It's only fair. Of course. (laughs) But they do. Yeah, yeah, of of course. Um, So the older one, especially, you know, like I said, you know, I show them newspaper clippings and I show them YouTube videos and he's just, you know, (gasps) oh man, you know, you're so cool. But then if I ask, you know, do you want me to come to your school and do this and do that? Some days he'll be like, yeah, 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 come. Other days he'll just be like, "Mm, you know, that's enough. Let's just stop. (laughs) So I think as they grow older, they'll start to push me away further and further. But, um, but now, yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm a cool mum. <laughs> yeah, cool mum. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. For now, for now. <laughs> for now, for now. Awesome. Yeah. That's all right. With your youngest, you'll go through that again. So you can pop him in the book and, and, and he'll think True. that. Yeah. And then who knows? I might crave another one someday soon. <laughs> Okay, so I just want to finish up asking a little bit more about you. So could you tell us then which book have you read that's left a lasting impression on you? I think it would have to be The Outsiders. I read that when I was 14 years old in Year 9 um, and it was just, you know, one of those books that just, I don't know, teenagers, boys, greasers versus their associates. It was just this, this... such a good time to read it at 14 and just, you know, the way that my friends and I loved it and then we watched the movie together and just everything about that story, I just, I'll cry if I think about it too long. <laughs> I just, yeah, I absolutely love The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Um, also, I remember doing R.L. Stein College Weekend. Um, that was my first book cover to cover in one night when I was in grade six. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, definitely, definitely the outsiders. Ah, oh, lovely. And I can imagine as a writer that you love books anyway. So yeah, just great to hear. Yeah, look, I love books as a writer, but as a mother, it's so hard to find time to sit and read. Like my mind is just all over the shop and, um, you know, like we were saying before with the anxiety and stress, it's really, really difficult to relax. And if anyone has tips on relaxing, that'd be lovely because <laughs> I don't, I almost need a course on relaxing. Like I don't know how to, you know, so um, I'll get there one day, but yeah, I think books, it probably is a way of relaxing, but I can't, I can't do that right now, especially with a one-year-old who loves my fridge at the moment and my pots and pans drawers and um, everything else that opens that he shouldn't be opening. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I know. You're (laughs) never sitting down when they're around and they're always finding the most dangerous or expensive thing. um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hear you on that. Um, But it's just a phase of motherhood and it's like, okay, I miss it. Hello, darling. (laughs) Um, I'm missing out on something you know, right now, but it's a phase and one day that'll come back. So that's, yeah, I say that, I tell myself that all the time. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) It's just phase. (laughs) Absolutely. And so last question I just want to finish up with, what's a random Mm -hmm. fun fact about you? I bungee jumped in New Zealand. (laughs) Did you? I was crazy. Yep. Over 10, oh not over, nearly 10 years ago now, when I was a bit younger, I, I sort of went for the jump and I wouldn't do it anytime soon again. Like I was just, oh, I don't know what I was thinking, but you know, when in Rome. Yeah. Um, so we went to jump, there was our honeymoon and we didn't have the kids tagging off us. So that was what we did. Oh my <laughs> so, yeah, so that's 
yeah, something clear. I'm like, you don't look like the type of person to do that, but a lot, a lot can be hidden under a piece of fabric. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm always curious about people that do things like that. I, I just couldn't, even you saying it, yeah. I was like, my heart was racing. So that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's scary, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got that great memory. And I think if you're going to bungee jump, isn't New Zealand the place to do it? Exactly. Well, that's why we couldn't come back from New Zealand not having done that. So we just did it. You know, we just did it. <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know what? I guess it's a good, um, a good setup for motherhood. It prepares you for the the big leap. <laughs> the big leap, absolutely. Yeah. Head first, just dive straight into it. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness! Well, it's been amazing to chat with you. And I just want to wrap up. There's probably heaps of people listening, going, "Oh my goodness, I would love to buy my Muslim mate," or they might even want you to come speak at their school or their kinder. So, where can people connect with? you and find you absolutely i'm very very vocal and present on instagram and uh, um, at my muslim mate underscore book so you can check me out on instagram i'm also on facebook um you'll see my name amal Abouid. you can find me on facebook um, under that name and also just my muslimmate.com.au will take you to my etsy shop where you can purchase my book um you know i'm very very you know easy to access online so just shoot me a text or an email um, and I'll be more than happy to respond and get communicating and talking to whoever's interested in listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mamas on a Mission. If you did, hit subscribe, leave a review, or let's chat more on Motherhood Melbourne, Facey or Insta page. If you're keen as beans to know more about my guest, the podcast or my podcast partner, visit motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.